Mr. Motherfucking Smith. BMC in the house. I cannot hear you. Oh, no. My volume is down. That's why. Now I there you go. We are on. Oh, wait. Do you need me that way? I'll take you any way I can get you, baby. What she said. Yeah. I've just started watching the American version of The Office, and obviously that's one of the big catchphrases on there. Are you an Office fan? Um, no. Okay. I appreciate it for what it is, but it's just not my flavor. What is your flavor? Oh. When it comes to comedy, subtle. I like the comedy that flies over most people's heads. I want to say clever comedians, but I think all comedians are clever. Yeah, yeah, you have to be, have some kind of cleverness. So I'm just trying to think of an American comedian that you would like. Let me think. Who would Ryan McKay like? Are you a Chappelle fan? I am a Chappelle fan. There's another guy I'm thinking of, and I can't think of his name. Tom Segura. Know the name. Haven't watched any of his stuff. Uh, Bill Burr comes to mind. Love me some Bill Burr. He did come to mind. He did come to mind. And I watched some of his stuff the other day, actually. And I was like... I can't imagine he's going to get many gigs booked at the moment with everything that's going on, like in the States, within around the pregnancy yeah. and everyone's included and things. I was watching his stuff like, oh my Christ, because here's the thing, I would have found that hilarious, his stuff. And it happened in the past. And I'm like, oh no, he's actually very, um, got a very nihilistic, like all of got a very nihilistic view yeah. of life. And as you grow and mature, you have to move away from that. Yeah, definitely. And, and um, it's my opinion because I've seen some stuff with him where like, I mean, his podcast is probably like our podcast and it's fucking therapy for him. Okay. And I like that we've been, um, what's the word that I'm looking for there? We've just been, oh, what's the word? What's the word compared to Bill Burr. I like that. I like that. Good company good company jp sears also his mainstream comedy isn't quite so subtle but if you ever get to meet him like he his level of intelligence is usually about three to four levels beyond the average person and so it takes yeah it takes literally like 30 to 60 seconds sometimes for people to catch catch the joke and it's those ones that i love that <laughs> at least my ego. you're like that's like oh i got the smart joke quicker yeah of course i was yeah well caught man well caught i'm smaller the masses that didn't get the joke right. ah, <laughs> interesting times yes so how's your life been man how you hoping over that no, that's, um, mate, we're cool over in, in England. We're fine. I'm interested in you. It has been an 
interesting week in the United States of America. Holy fuck, what a show that is. It's better than anything on Netflix. I don't even know. Like, I, I know very little about what's going on, to be completely <laughs> honest. I just know Nancy Pelosi hasn't showed up to work in three or four days, and Donald Trump is potentially getting impeached for the second time, which would be the first time ever. Yep. Um, and yeah, yep. it's it just... Civil war is a possibility. It, well, those words have been around for, I want to say, about six months. Yeah. But interestingly, what comes to my mind more than the Civil War is the American Revolution War. Okay. And, Riff on that. And basically, So for me, from, from my perspective, what every American should be fucking livid about was that $600 bill. And I'm not mad about- Agreed. I'm not mad at the $600. And I, I actually commented this on somebody's Facebook the other week is people that aren't originally born and live their whole life in the States usually have a better view on America. And I, I've always kind of had that feeling since moving here at eight years old or whatever. Uh, like we understand the, the history, the constitution, all that stuff better than, than most Americans. Um, but basically what I think needs to happen is half of the population needs to show up at the White House door, say, we're tired of your shit, everybody out. Congress gone. If the liberals want to keep their president, not that I'm a fan, but keep your president. But everybody in Congress gone. It now becomes a, you get to hold one previous office. There's a, my idea is somewhere from a six to eight years maximum per position. And you get two in your life. And that's it. And then you go back to the public sector or the private sector, excuse me. Mm, yeah. Because once you've been there seven years, you've reached your seven years of mastery and you know how to work the system for your personal gain. You have the experiential knowledge of it. And at that point, you're just using the system for your own personal gain. And politics was meant to be a public service, not a career. That is how I view the world at this point in time. But, but yeah, I think, the, I think what happened when the White House got taken over, I think that should have happened, but I think it should have been over the bill sending billions of dollars to every other country in the world, which frankly, with the state of American government finances, we shouldn't be giving anything to anybody. Again, that's just how I view the world. It's, it's so interesting. Like, I don't know what the answers are with the politics thing. I don't know at all what needs to be done anywhere. I really don't. 
I mean, um, the, the thing. I did that the, thing that the cool. The thing with any system is you have to take into consideration the human element. That's why socialism doesn't work. Why communism doesn't work is because you're motivated by 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 the carrot or motivated by the the stick. Like pick one, and so you know. And at the same time, people are people. Humans are inherently lazy. If you can find an easier, softer way, you're going to do so. So. You know, at, at some point, oh, I've put 20 years in in politics. I deserve millions of dollars. And maybe that's true, but maybe that's not true. Yeah, I think I did that thing that a lot of spiritual people do on their spiritual journey is um, shut off all news, mainstream media and go, oh, I'm above that. I'm, I'm above that. I'm apart from it. I'm above it. I don't want that negative energy. There's negative vibes in my life. News is bullshit. It's all corrupt. I did that. I was that, that arsehole that did that. Not saying everyone is an arsehole. Is that? I'm just, I was, I was an arsehole when I did I'm, I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news, blah, blah, blah. And then having done introspection i was like oh there's part of me that wasn't watching it because i still gave power over to the news and the negative energy and i didn't know how to watch it by being an observer and being a part of it i didn't i was giving my power away and it wasn't until recently where i was able to watch it from an objective point of view from the outside in but to see what was going on so i haven't really been watching and listening to politics for the last four or five years but looking at it from the outside in now it's a mess and i also believe that everything happen everything is happening for the greater good everything happens for the greater good and eventually the, the greater good will prevail that's that just brings me peace you know and i think if the goal is peace for a lot of human beings which it I think it is yeah. like some people say, "Oh, money and relationships and health." Well, most people do all of those things to you're, get you're that to find feeling through those things. Yeah, they're putting it outside of them, which we may riff on that today. But it's definitely, I think, a topic for another another day. Um. So, when. It's been very interesting watching America, watching what's going on, watching the words coming out of it from all different types of people. Do you know what? It looks like, from the outside in, it looks like a playground where you've got literally like six or seven different groups of people in the playground and it's just fighting. Mm-hmm. Not physical fighting, it's just no one's yeah. doing their own thing nicely. It's like, the, well, yeah, physical fighting as well. But it's just like, I'm not saying we should all sit around the campfire singing Kumbaya and get along, like as nice and as cool as that would be. And I think it's a, it's a possibility eventually. I'm not saying that. I think you should all stand up for what you believe in and things. But I'm just glad I don't live in America right now. So I was listening to uh, Elliot Hulse on J.P. Sears the other mm. day. And... Elliot Hulse had some very, he, he's really good at flipping every, the current narrative on its head. Um, and he was suggesting that rather than inclusion, we need more exclusion. Go on. 
And basically he's saying, you know, basically the liberals and the conservatives need to stay apart. You go do your thing over here. You be your liberal, do your liberal thing over here. And we'll be over here doing our conservative thing. And it is my opinion based on the idea of the tribal societies. And I can't remember if it's 150 or 300 people. 150, yeah. Yeah. The United States of America is a fucking, it's, it's an idea. It's not an actuality. Yeah, you couldn't get more ironic if you tried. Right, like we're, we're the divided <laughs> states of America. And, yeah. like, is that okay? Hmm? And, and can we acknowledge and love the other side Say, hey, man, I, you know, as long as you're not in, intentionally harming yeah. me or my my people. Yeah, my tribe. Do your thing. Live and let live. I mean, that's the highest spiritual principle there is. Do you, do you think America and its people are mature enough to do that? Obviously, you've just said that. So you are mature enough to do that and act from that place. Do you think... America in general is mature enough to be able to do that. And if not, how long until you are mature enough to be able to do that? So let me ask you this. From your perspective, if you had to look at the collective United States of America and put an age to it, where would you put it? The collective consciousness, what's going on in the world, it's 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 a um uh what am i trying to say here um from what i see from the outside fucking you're like children and when i say children i mean so give me a specific age specific age. Pops to mind. specific age. Eight. eight is the first so thing that funny enough mind. that's exactly what comes to my mind yeah you're acting like eight-year-old the whole, the collective there are people are way above that like obviously you're way collective oh yeah of course but the collective it's about eight years old you're acting talking and so yeah. the united states has a puberty to go through and that's yeah. an uncomfortable fucking <laughs> for everybody involved everybody involved hormones <laughs> shit changes hormones Lots of bloodshed, <laughs> and it's like from the now of nowhere, all of a sudden, yeah. That's the next ten years for you guys. Oh, it's a lot longer than that because you got to look at. I mean, America is two hundred years old, and we've only made it to age eight and two hundred thirty, whatever. I don't. I don't oh, know. okay, yeah. If you're doing it that way around, wow. Yeah. Is that all you are? 200 years? When was it discovered? It's 1776. Wow. Oh, yeah. Almost 250 years, I think. And you're only eight. It's like the opposite of dog years. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's the other way around. Jesus, that's sad. <laughs> yeah. Another thousand. No, it's not even a thousand. Oh man, you got a long time with it. I think that's why a lot of people want to leave. They're fed up with it. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is America, the rest of the world follows America. 
the rest of the world is usually somewhere between five to 10 years behind what America is doing. And America is leading the world down a dark, dark path. Yeah. The consumerism, Ugh. the health. Yeah, yeah, health for sure. I mean, Jesus, are we somewhere between 37th and 43rd on the World Health Organization last I saw? And yet we spend more than ever. I can't remember what the number is, but it's they, we spend like half of the world's money on medical care. Like it's insane. And the fact that people can't understand that, you know, ingesting toxins, whether it be through your food, through your, you know, vaccines, through cooking with aluminum foil, through mercury fillings, through just why do you think here's, here's a here's a really broad statement that i can't think of putting it any other way why do you think america is so fat compared to every other country in the entire world because to be healthy you have to be antisocial. you literally have to go 180 degrees against normal society And that has been my experience. Talk a bit more on that for me and the listeners. So you want to because sure because here's what I mean by that is is like like sports is a social thing. Mm -hmm. Sports is a very social thing. Um, so that's where my mind went. Now I was like, I don't know. I'd love to hear your take on it. I'm not saying you're wrong, but what I would say is that's I would say that's a wrong statement. I would say you don't have to be antisocial to be fit and healthy okay so so we're looking at this from two different perspectives you're looking at it from the fitness perspective i'm looking at it from the nutritional perspective because uh, in america okay. if you want to eat healthy you do not eat out right oh uh, okay that's the, what you're saying with the antisocial thing because when you eat out, I have yet to find any restaurants that don't use some kind of polyunsaturated fatty acid cooking oil that oxidizes, turns rancid, and then creates inflammation and oxidation in your body. I have mm -hmm. yet to come across any restaurants to do that. Mm -hmm. And so just right there, you're taking something and eating it inflammatory. Got it. Now, fitness side of things, I would actually fully agree with you. It needs to be a social thing. Oh. You know, we are, we are social animals. We work in packs, you know, whether that's, you know, working out with, with a buddy or two or your foursome on the golf course or, you know, tennis or, you know, whatever it is, skateboarding, it's a solo sport, but you typically oh. move other people like, yeah, you're in a, in a like crew you need, the, the socialness is part of the movement. I'm just trying to movement is part of where, where did it happen that you guys got so so fat and, that, and i'm not judging here it's just a it's an it's a there's no other way overweight obese whatever you want to call it whatever you want to label it as i'm not judging anyone who is overweight and fat i'm really not i just want to know, i would love to know why because no other country as far as i know in the world is has as many i know you've got more people in america than most countries anywhere it's so fat and and like my 600 pound life you don't hear that in italy you know yeah. you, that's not a tv channel over there or in iceland or 
So oh, is it? I, I have several, uh, I guess I will call them theories for you. Yeah. So we look back to the roaring 20s, the 1920s, and everything was really good. And then there was the Great Depression after that. Yeah. And so there was a lack of food. My grandfather went to a school for malnourished children. Okay. So we were at one end of the pendulum. We swung to the other end of the pendulum. Now, by the time that other end of the pendulum had reached, then came the factory farming, the processed mm. foods, the TV dinners in the 40s. And I think I'm, I guess I don't actually know, but late 40s or at least 50s. I yeah. Um, so we started microwaving everything, which negated uh, any nutritional value. Mm. So we're now starving for nutrition. So we keep eating and eating and eating. Now, I started uh, driving for DoorDash a couple of weeks ago to help uh, help fund this move that we're about to make. And there were two, two ones in particular. One, I find it very interesting that DoorDash has contracted with Walmart to do their deliveries. So I found that out. So I delivered this woman's groceries and I looked at, there was a pack of ground beef that looked fairly normal. But there was, I can't remember if it was steaks or pork chops, but the meat just looked disgusting and dead. Oh. Yeah. So there was that, like just that in and of itself. And then everything, everything this, this woman bought, which, um, you know, it was all packaged stuff. Like there was no fresh produce, right? nothing organic like nothing even remotely healthy. Um, and so that, so there was that. So then I also did a delivery from Taco Bell. I haven't eaten Taco Bell in probably a decade, mm. maybe even longer. I don't, I don't really know. But when the guy handed me the bag through the drive-through window, it just heavy was what right. came on. Yeah. And so if you want to take that literally, you know, like you're, you're just, you're eating about, it was, it had to have been a five, six pound bag, probably for multiple people, but a five yeah, but still. pound bag of food and it just felt heavy. What yeah. the fuck does that do in your gut, man? It's like trying to digest a brick. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, be it's crappy quality beef, some processed cheese in a in a flour yeah. tortilla. Like mm. it doesn't get much more inflammatory than that. And so, like those are two prime examples of why America is so unhealthy. And it's got it. It's all corporate. I think Jamie Oliver. I, I hear Paul Check talking about it fairly frequently. Jamie Oliver takes around flashcards to schools and, you know, summer basic, you know, farm animals and, and produce vegetables and fruits and shit. And then, you know, flashes the uh, McDonald's and Coca-Cola and all those logos and the kids know 90% of the logos and barely yeah. basic things. And it's like, we've lost such touch with our humanness and being in touch with where things come from. Mm. I, I need to do that myself. I, 
once I make the move, I will probably start some kind of little garden. I'll probably start with some kind of herbs or something and try not to kill those and go from there and, and start to practice at least what I believe. I don't know that I'm necessarily preaching, but. Mm. Let me ask a question off the back of that that's coming through me now is why do you, what do you think has been the catalyst for change in that area because a lot of people are now starting to be a bit more health conscious and thinking about their body and there's obviously big movements online and like the fitness space and things and more people are doing like workouts and exercise and obviously Gymshark has just absolutely exploded as a business like now valued at a, a billion dollars whatever it is but there's a there's a swing back the other way would you say have you noticed that in America or, or is it are people still, still well, just I, I, the one that is our reticular activation system for sure and yes there is but it's because the health has been so depleted that you have no choice got it you know when and this is a this is actually something and i and i don't know why i do not understand the why but i would love to work with somebody and who's struggling with getting pregnant and help the couple through natural means get healthy enough to conceive i don't know if that'll ever happen or not but i putting it out there that i'm interested in helping at least one couple and going from there yep the universe is listening man the universe is listening it's and, I, and again I, I don't even know if i could help someone because i'm i'm not well versed in that but i do understand basic generic health enough to uh to make some change You've also got the, from my point of view, like the spiritual side of things where I believe a soul will not come into the physical realm if it's, if it doesn't want to, like if you're trying to force it and make a baby and you can't, and it's because of the conditions aren't right for it in terms of the health of the parents and the lifestyle and things, it will just be a lot harder than if you were to physically fit and healthy from a biological point of view yes but i believe it's also from a from a, a bit of a spiritual side of things just from what i'm read so probably a bit biased on that one um what i've read and heard um and personal experience like sure. a, a parent from for two kids and they i think we caught like the first time of trying for both of them, like straight away. And me and the, the, the kid's mom are both healthy individuals. We were both in good place mentally, emotionally, like financially, spiritually at the time. And and it was a good environment for a, a, a baby soul, whatever you want to call it, to come into the world. Now, I also know people who um, have been trying for a baby and they've got one. In fact, I'm going to be really careful with what I say here because obviously personal information. So. I know a couple of couples, one of them does have a child already, but they're not in a happy marriage. They're trying for another baby because they think that's what, or she thinks that's what's going to save the marriage, save the relationship and stuff. Uh, yeah. Tell me about it, man. Um, for the listeners on this, to be able to like see from a third party perspective, you know, having no emotional attachment and just being able to see how things are and how things are going to play out. Yeah, it's um, like I, I watch it and she's like, yeah, we'll we'll have a baby and then I'll sort of, I'm like, it's just not going to happen. You can't, 
that's why you're not getting she's not getting pregnant at all and they're trying to go through like ivf and stuff and they're having complications there and just like get the message man like do the work where it needs to be done yeah. and and i'm not saying everybody who's trying for a baby that can't have a baby it's because your marriage isn't working or whatever yeah, totally. but there, like there are other it's, there are factors that are working against you that you could sort out like brian's just said especially with health especially on the health side of things would you say is that what you were is that what you were getting at i mean i i, I agree like it's there's spiritual aspects in everything to, huh. to say that it's solely physical is asinine because it, it's physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. It's, it's all of that. But you going to have more kids? At this time, I do not intend to. heard somebody say the other day they're not having kids because they are scared for how the world's going to be and what the future would like would be like so we're not bringing kids into the world because of that i'm like whoa <laughs> that's big but you can see their point of view right why bring a kid into this world <laughs> at the moment with everything that's going on but I mean, is this really any different from any other time in time i completely agree I mean, is it like? Uh, no, it's I mean, not really any different. Yeah. Well, well, we had we had this a hundred years ago, right, with the Spanish flu and stuff, and then you've had all the wars that have been involved, and yeah, it's it's the the timeless olds, the the have-nots want to take from the haves, and the haves always find a way because they're better at working the system, frankly. Yeah. They're not just better people. I just want to jump in with that. They're not better people, but they're just like you said, they're better at working the system. They have a different level of consciousness, beliefs, foundations. And that's literally it, isn't it? It's the root of everything, of your experience. Is your consciousness. Where's your consciousness at the moment? Where do you think you are on the scale of consciousness? Where are you? Where do you kind of oscillate around? If you were to say, so I believe last time I muscle tested, I was in at around 640. Nice. Dude, that's up there. That above, that's above courage on the scale. I don't know if you know that, do you know that what's related to on the scale? No. I don't have a Jamie like uh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> I have to do this. Jamie, Jamie, pull that. Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> right. Um, so six hundred is peace. Seven hundred plus is enlightenment. Oh, cool! Be calling you Jesus soon. I mean, you could do it now if you wanted to. We'll still doesn't make it. <laughs> true, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll turn this into wine, then you can get your name. Change that for me to a nice, um, I'll nice Pinot Noir. I'll walk on it though next month. Yeah, come on. Let it freeze for a few weeks, and I'll walk right on it. Although, yeah, cool. metaphorically speaking, could it be that emotions are like water because they flow? and to walk above the emotions as opposed to a literal interpretation. 
could well be. Is it possible to walk above your emotion? You're to get angry and catch yourself from lashing out? Breathe, take a yeah. breath or two through it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Matt Christ. <laughs> Matt Christ. Well, we know what Matt's entering next week's conversation with his name on the... Uh, the <laughs> Emotions are an interesting topic. Yes, they are. How much importance do you put on emotions in relationship to experiences? Could you elaborate? Yes, I could. The experiences that you have in your life, for you, what part do your underlying emotions play on those experiences that you've had? What, yeah, does that make sense? So minimum 70% is what's coming up for me. Yeah. Now, are you uh, emotions come first and then I get my experience or my experience is the cause of my emotions? Where are you at? What camp are you in? So the unconscious part of me wants to say that, that the thing causes my emotion. <laughs> yeah. He wants to say that, no, 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 it's the emotion <laughs> that causes the yeah. reality, which I, I had one of those days. Oh, yeah, it was... Is that this week? Must have been. Woke up 40 minutes late. It's like, all right, no big deal. I got a gap in my schedule. I can grab some breakfast after uh, after a couple of sessions. I'll just slam a protein shake on the way to the gym. Left it on the speaker by the door. And it was a morning. What <laughs> 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 else happened? But that's, that started that snowball. And I was uh -huh. not conscious enough to shift i mean eventually just working with clients and getting out of my own way and that mm. shifted it but what would you say to somebody who apart from get out in nature who <laughs> who is on that on that snowball and it seems like their life is that snowball that no matter what they try, they're just down and it's just like, oh, snowballing down. And then their experience backs up the emotion that they've got and then it perpetuates. You got any advice for that person that just can't seem to stop hurtling down towards? So what comes up for me is a piece of advice I got from John McMullen. Um, and that is to start noticing what you have not been noticing. Start noticing what you have not been noticing. Give me some practical stuff. If I'm not noticing it, how do I know that it's even there? How can I start noticing it if I didn't notice it and if I don't know it's there? that cobweb up in the corner of the room there? I know there's one there. I know you're not that clean. So, there is not one up in that corner, but there is one there. <laughs> only because I saw it 
uh, the other day. I moved some stuff and like little spiders. I'm like, oh, hey, Ed. hey, mate. In fact, he's quite a big spider. Ah, oh. noticing something you had not noticed. Okay, so just taking a step back. It's presence. It's out of the head. And mm. I do, and I remember telling you about this this drill that I came up with the the Roy G Biv exercise, and just you know if I'm lost in thought, find something that's red, find something that's orange, and make your way through the color spectrum, and you will be present. I I was doing it on the frisbee golf course. It's wonderfully done on the regular golf course. Um, that was that was the way I used that tool brings you back into the presence there's someone spiraling down and it's bad experience after bad experience like a bill's come through they didn't expect and they, they break something or like lose a job or the relationship is messed up and the kid's a nightmare or the health scare or whatever it is you would just say right just pause mm -hmm. get present take your detach from <gasps> this snowball going down and just notice that there is a snowball going down if you like I've been uh, been doing a, a Tai Chi Gong, which what a Tai Chi Gong is, is it's 20 minutes a day for 100 days straight. Okay. Now, with my perfectionism, if I fail one day, I'm going to kick the shit out of myself. So I'm giving myself some permission to some leeway. So I've okay. given myself 10%. So as long as I get 90 in 100 days, I am pleased with my, with my first round. I want oh. to improve on that the second round, yep. but that's where I'm at. So I'm six out of eight days so far. And I just notice just generally being more calm and, and the, the difficult thing is, is to find that discipline in yourself to actually follow through on a daily habit mm. is the reason for like the, again, I can't remember who wrote the book, but the, the military guy that make your bed every day, it's just developing discipline. And so when you can develop that, particularly something that's going to regulate your nervous system, yeah, I always want some kind of practical, you know, tell me to meditate, go fuck yourself. Like, why? Why am I doing this? And let me understand the benefit and, and make sure it's not woo. -woo. Mm. Like, I love the woo, woo shit. I do the woo, woo shit. But like, I have to have some kind of concrete physical evidence. Right. Very masculine, that is very much you, you're aware of that it's a very masculine thing to that needs to know the masculine needs to know the yeah, feminine I, is the I considered that but yeah so the feminine is the intuition and she's cool with jumping out of the airplane without the parachute because she just trusts that there's gonna be a parachute there it's fine it's cool and if she feels called to do that then she's cool but also detaching from the outcome of needing any outcome whatsoever it's feminine it's just a thing but the masculine is the needing to know need to know before i before i um what do they say what's the phrase uh think before you jump or think before you leap or something whatever it is it's thinking that's the, the masculine side of us i'm not saying it's wrong to do that i'm just saying that that's where it's right that's where you, where you're at when you're like the, okay the i hear you thing, thing is 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 i agree with you i feel very masculine in my head mm -hmm. but like i don't 
outwardly do terribly quote unquote standard masculine things. So it's very like go, go, go on the head, but to actually. What do you define as masculine? When you've just said that I don't do masculine things, what do you? Football, boxing, you know, typical rough, bruise you, batter you, hard work other than, you know. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. I see what you mean. Good points you've made, though. Which, which is a very interesting place to be because... You know, there's so much yang in the mind that you think you need yin, but if you're not actually moving and if you're not actually moving, you're not actually creating that flow. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you can you can think and plan and be up here as much as you want, but if you're not actually going out hunting and gathering, right? I think that's where some pain comes from, like physical pain and also like relationship pain, financial pain. If, if you're not going out and getting the thing that because the feminine is the desire that's where the desire comes from it's that feminine it's like right i want this i want that that's not a masculine people get that wrong and think oh, it's the masculine that wants goals and things it's the feminine that desires stuff mm-hmm. she desires that because again look at relationships stereotypically man-woman relationships again just to make the point here um it's the woman that says right we need a bigger house or we want another baby or we need this car or we need to move here or we need to, it's usually the feminine that does that. It's the female, it's the, the, the feminine has the desire. The man is just like, yeah, I'll go and do. Tell us what you want. I'll go get it. it, it stereotypically, typically in terms of, right. yeah, just to make a point. Right. So whenever you have a desire to do anything, it's never a, a masculine thing. You might think it is when you say, Oh, we're going to move here because we don't like living here when you want to go to different state and stuff. Cause I know you've talked right. about that before. It's not the masculine that's doing that. It's feminine that's hard we want to live here this is their intuition it's that desire that's what you want the masculine that then will go and drive make it happen right exactly yeah exactly go and actually go and do it um and to tie that back into this whole snowballing going down thing if anybody's listening and watching that's just out feels like they're out of control down in there that stopping and being presence is perfect That's definitely what's needed. Because it just it regulates the nervous system enough to be able to think at a higher level of consciousness than the fight or flight reptilian brain. Yeah. Because all you'll do is you'll try and stop this snowball going down the hill and it just you can't when you're in it and going down. Oh so when I went, um it's kind of like you have to surrender. When I went skiing this time last year, it popped up on my time hop. I was in Chamonix this time last year, great time. I was at the top of a is it a red or a blue run? I can't remember. I think it was a red run. And I fell at the top, like right at the top, I fell. And this red road went on forever. It was like a couple hundred yards down. And then it started to go right. And there's like a cliff edge down there. And I fell at the top. And it's a steep thing. And I tumbled a couple of times. And then I was on my back going downhill backwards. So I head first. Right. When I opened my eyes, after I stopped tumbling, all I could see is my legs. One ski had come off, the other ski was on. And I was like looking back up at my feet and the oh, top of the hill <laughs> in the sky. And I'm going back down, right? Yeah. And I, it was almost like everything happened in slow motion. So I literally was that snowball going down, right? I was that snowball going down. I couldn't try to stop myself because of the speed that I was going. If I'd have put ski down or arms down, it broken bone city. Right. Because of the angle and everything. I would have hit, stopped, twisted game over 
But I remember just surrendering to it. I know fear kicked in because I knew the hill went down and then off to the right. And if I kept going down, I'd miss the right and I'd go off the edge of the mountain. I knew that was there. But I was like, I've just got to surrender to where I am. I've, got to, I've just got to surrender. I'm in my head trying to think and while I'm panicking, I'm stiff and I'm tense and I'm tight and no answer was coming through me. So I had to just <sighs> breathe, look up at the skis oh boy, and the skies. <laughs> that again? I say, oh boy, hold on. A hundred percent, a little bit of praying, a little bit of praying on that. But then in that moment, I was able to go, okay, gently elbows down, gently. Almost like, you know, when you press a brake, like on a, um, yeah. press any kind of brake on anything. 20 30%, 40%, right. 100%, rather than just slam it on. It was, I remember just like elbows Love gently down. And then your response was 100%. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if there's a phrase I could leave in the past, it's 100%. How much time does somebody use 100% in conversation? I hear it all the time now. Not yeah. a problem with it. Because I mean, at least for me, like there's always a, a little piece of me that has some kind of devil's advocate that doesn't fully 100% agree. I agree. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, obviously, yeah, because you've just said. Um, but I remember, yeah, I, I couldn't stop until I stopped fighting with what was. I was going down a hill backwards. Yeah head first looking up at the sky uh, uh what felt like about 40 50 miles an hour towards the edge of a mountain mont blanc mountain in the alps right which right. is like five thousand feet up above the thing so we're quite or five thousand meters in fact so like fifteen thousand feet i was gonna say well when i skied it was at the it was an old garbage dump that they turned into a ski hill so <laughs> that's my no way. Yeah. <laughs> that's your experience <laughs> not quite the alps in, oh. in chamonix um but i remember yeah just pressing the elbows in just like real slow and i eventually came to that stop eventually came to the stop just before the cliff and the thing and they were like dust myself off and get up and stuff so that's a perfect analogy for anyone that's snowballing down and feels like it's just getting worse and worse just just pull just breathe just breathe and just go okay this is what's going on and and i've been there particularly when i've been in in uh financial challenges I've yeah. been there to where I have, at that point in time of my level of consciousness, I was not able to will myself to do the meditation and the self yeah. self-soothing yeah. to, to then come from higher consciousness. At that point where I was, yeah. I needed to just act. Yeah. Do something. Right. Figure something out, you know, but. But there was, there would have been a gap though, right? There would have been a, this is, find his financial thing and the actions he was doing there was a there was a there was a, a, a gap where in here you were like something's got to change yeah. what triggered the what triggered that what you know when you were going down like mindlessly for one of the better expression mindlessly going downhill with the finances side of things what was the that caused you then to go the other way can you remember what it was that Oh fuck! I'm not going to be able to make my bills, <laughs> or hey, I don't right. know if I'm be able to eat next. So desperation. Yeah. Because they say there's two motivators in there: inspiration or desperation. To be fair with all of that, that was all just made up in my head. Like I have, I know enough people. I have family. Like I'm not going to starve. My family's not going to starve. Like, got it. It was the story that was going on for me. Yeah. That's what changed it. 
the oh fuck moment. Mm-hmm. That was the rock. That was the the the, the rock bottom. Not that you were in a rock bottom place in terms of the, right, like yeah. edge of suicide, or whatever. Anything can be a rock bottom, right? Anything can be a rock bottom at any point. I know what you're just going to say on the several times thing, but for people on that rock bottom thing, you don't have to wait to what you think is a rock bottom. You could say, well, now it's a rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Even if you're sitting on like 50 grand in the bank, perfect family, you go, oh, this is my floor. Right. I'm not going below this. This is done. Worse. That's exactly it. What was you going to say? I remember multiple times or a few times you were about to. I don't re- I don't recare. I don't recall. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting what happens after a decision is made. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. I remember I first got an overdraft when I was 21. <laughs> and I only got... <laughs> Why did you laugh at that? A teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never had credit cards ever in my life. Still haven't got one to this day. Wow. And there might be something in that. I'm not sure what it is. I haven't explored why or whatever. But I remember I was 21, I was working for an insurance company selling insurance and bills are about to go out, but I knew my, I was getting paid like a week later and I knew it was going to come back up. So I was like, right, I just need to go into a, my overdraft now for these bills, but then paid a week later, I'll be fine. And I set up a 650 pound overdraft, which is about 800-ish dollars, I think somewhere around there. Right. I set up that overdraft. What's interesting, it took me till I was about 31 before I made a decision that I was no longer, because I'd always live in that overdraft. I'd allow myself to go down into it. Didn't need to, but I had to go, oh, I've got 650. Even if I was plus, I would be like, oh, I can spend this because I've got the 650 right. um, buffer or whatever it was. Right. And then I remember having a conversation with the ex at about 31. And she was like, right, let's get you out of this overdraft. Let's, let's, let's just cancel it off. And I shit myself because I depended on it for like 10 years. It had been a big part of my life for 10 years. And she was like, no, you just need to cancel it. You just need to stop it and say, no more overdraft, done. I'm not going back into the overdraft again. It's, it's gone. Right. We'll get out of it, and then it's gone. And it was, it was so hard to like call the bank. I think I went into the bank. I can't remember what I did. But I remember going, right, no more overdraft. That was, what, three, four, four years ago, almost four years ago today. Never been in it, never needed it. I'm in the black like the whole time, like up above it. Interesting how for 10 years... I let myself play in that overdraft bit yet when i made the decision that oh, do you know what i'm not going to be there anymore because i paid you don't realize or i didn't realize how much energy is wasted when you have something like that in your life and it's like when you clear your email inbox you don't realize how much those the energy those emails have over you or they take until you clear them right right or that person in your life that you just kind of keep in there and like, oh, they're a nightmare, but like, they don't take me. once you cut them out, you're like, oh my God, you don't realize, I didn't realize how much energy that overdraft was taking yeah. from me. Did not realize at all. And I didn't realize how much more empowered I would feel after that decision when I either clicked the button online, I can't remember what I did, but I know I felt so much better going, I'm not going in the overdraft ever again, I'm not using it, done. And even though I didn't know how I was going to stay out of it in the months and years to come. I didn't have a, a physical plan. I just knew. I just, after that moment, I'm like, done. That's it. Gone. And yeah, every just adapt. single 100%, the world responds, you, you respond, adapt. and you adapt. And Adaptability is why we should have faith. Adaptability. 
ability is why we should have faith. I think I'm there with that. Go deeper. Whatever comes up, we can always adapt. I mean, think about this. We are literally planning on destroying this planet and moving to Mars. We can adapt. I completely agree. Complete, I know I just went, I completely agree. <laughs> I do completely agree. We're so very good at let's adapting. go into that because there's a part of you that doesn't agree. Oh, me, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks, universe. Um, hang on a minute. I'll call you back. I'm sorry, I've got. Sure I have to. Oh, there it's you go. it's. Are you? Have you got me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I had a call coming through. Um, a dude possibly will be muting right now. Um, oh. calling back again. Oh no, he's not on the phone now. What was the question? There's a part of me that disagrees because I went like that. Right. It's the part of me that doesn't believe that I can adapt. Mm -hmm. Is that still part that one part of me somewhere in there that is like, no, we can't adapt. We, it's the fixed mindset part of me. Yep. I have a growth mindset part of me as well that knows that well, whatever that comes. That wasn't you that turned me on to that book. Carol Dweck. It might have been. I've recommended it a few times. Yeah. Phenomenal book. I, who told me about that book? I want to say the guy who does, oh, Big show podcast. It's not a podcast. It's like a uh, an interview thing. He is the health supplement guy, billionaire. <sighs> Tom Billy. Yes. Yeah, Tom Billy. I think he said about it. I think he said that was one of his books that changed the game for him with the whole growth mindset thing. Oh, that's a recommendation to anybody listening. If you want a, ta a tangible, practical thing that you can do to change shit, if you've found that it hasn't worked for you, it's that book. Yeah, Phenomenal. that, that it was a paradigm shifter for me. And I, and I actually, I never finished it. I think I only got about a third of the way through it and I got yep. squirreled to some other book. But uh, but you, you get the gist of it. You get the, yeah. yeah, very quickly you get the gist of it, don't you? Very quickly. Hey, that's one thing I hate about books is there's so much goddamn filler in them. Ugh. It's the, oh, I got to, I got to sell you my method 18 times in the book. Stop it. I bought the book. I'm, Give me the thing. I'm yeah. Enough to, to yeah. I'm sold. Buy the book. Like, yeah, I'm sold on the idea. You don't need to. Give me the meat add. and potatoes. Leave the, leave the marshmallow fluff. Do you know what? That was, I think about 80 or 90% of the reason why I wrote the two books that I did. Is because I was fed up of, and, and sorry, in the the, the reason why the style of my books are in the style that they're in, because I was fed up with reading the padding and the fluff and the yeah. sell me on the idea to try and convince me that it's gonna. It's like no, just give me the like you said, meat and bones. Yeah, and that's what I do with mine is just straight into it, like right chapter one. Here's the first practical steps of this. Don't need to sell you anything. Right. Let's just get straight into it. Uh... I mean, certainly, you know, intersperse a couple or three kind of, you know, major success stories, but keep it short, oh. keep it sweet, and, you know, don't need a whole Definitely. damn chapter for one success story. Um, Ty Lopez. 
Pablo Lopez, when he was saying, I don't know if you saw the video, he's like, how do I read like 5,000 books a day or whatever he said he would. He's like, here's how I do it. Just skips and through and picks like two major, major points. And he literally does. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, did you see the video on it, the way he explained it? I feel like it was in the 67 steps many years ago when I went. Oh, okay. I think I don't fully recall. Yeah. What I heard was he was like, right, I read the chapter titles. He's got a oh, chapter title, chapter title. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can get all my from just the title. Most books, the, the, the cover, the, the, the title of the book tells you. Yeah, the index like, is enough to. Uh... Even the on the front cover, like essentialism, you know, that book is like, essential. oh, okay, I'll just pick the one thing. Well, the one thing, right? The book is the one thing. <laughs> like, I don't need to read a book because I know what it's about. Um, and that's what he was saying. Like, yeah, I read the, literally read the chapters, then skim through, pick what I call out to. And that's how he does it. He doesn't actually read it word for word, like front to back or anything yeah. like that. There are, there are um, certain great... books that you need to, but that's after doing that first round, you know, at least twice, skimming through, picking the major yeah. ideas. 100%. Hmm. You're moving. Maybe. I've got my, I've got my computer on a TV tray on a... Oh, on no, a no, 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 no. Stop. No, you're moving house, you penis. Oh. Not you're moving as in like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> you're moving house. Eventually. Uh, no, no concrete plans yet, but... Is it still Florida? Yeah, just running into basically minor issues on every different aspect and it's just a big fuck I don't know what to do so but I have faith still moving forward so why Florida now there's a reason why I ask you that rather than just accepting it because from what I know about Florida which is very little and what I know about you which is probably just as little as what I know about Florida I think I know a bit more about you than Florida I, I wouldn't so. have put you and Florida together Interesting. I wouldn't have put, I definitely wouldn't have put you in LA, but I wouldn't have put you in, <laughs> I wouldn't have put you over there at all. No, major cities are not my thing. No, I just talk about what happened when we vacationed in Chicago in August. What, like a day later, there was like riots and murders yeah, or something? 12 hours later, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not we we're literally out of the city 11 and a half hours and then the shit went down. I'm going to piss off all of our fans in Florida at the moment with this comment but i think you're i thought you would be far too smart to go to florida fair not that it's a bad place i just think you're in the wrong company if you're in florida i just think you'd be too smart for 90 percent of the people in florida so i have two very wise mentors down there in that general area uh, oh okay dear dear friends of mine um the biggest thing I hate about Michigan, though I don't like the cold, it's the fact that we get gray skies for six, seven months out of the uh, year. Hashtag depression. Exactly. And so the sun in Florida. Right, okay. Actual ocean water. Yeah. You know, minerals from the sea. Like, yeah. Certainly some toxins and BP oil and whatever else. But, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, and then 
currently at this time, my prime clientele is in Florida, which are, are the older people that I help to uh, rehabilitate and start putting life back in the, the years. Now, yeah, I would say from a business point of view, that's a very smart decision because from what I perceive as Florida being, it's just a retiring ground for people that have made all their money and they've just moved to a nice climate. It's, and it's retirement ground and it's people trying to find themselves through external change. Oh, perfect. Hence the Florida man meme. Everybody tries to move to Florida. Oh, are you not familiar? I'll have to tell you about that in a minute. But Everybody tries to deal with their depression, anxiety, and whatever else by moving to the sunshine. And there's something right. to it. However, if you continue to, you know, shoot heroin from Michigan to Florida, you're not changing enough. <laughs> yeah, got it. You just brought your, your own problems and consciousness with you. But if you can make that change, know that, hey, these are these are tools to be utilized to mm. for my greatest health, which will then benefit and allow me to help other people in the best way I can. Then you have some consciousness and awareness around that. Uh, fair enough. I think that's a big thing for people like trying to run away from their problems. I read, what was the book that I read? That's why I moved to Florida in the first time, 15 years. Oh, ago. You tried to run, run away from the problems and think it was going to be better out there, but you were still with you and you were the cause of your problems, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. completely unconscious of that then completely conscious of that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I can't remember what book it was, but it was something like the, the, the dad had wrote a letter to his, I think it was his daughter at the time. And she was like, I'm moving to wherever, moving across country to this place. Life's going to be so much better and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you can't read the letter until like you're, you've been there for like a month or whatever. Right. And she I can't remember it and this might be completely wrong but I think she like moved back after like two weeks and then he was like oh did you read the letter and, and she was like no and he's like oh you can read it now if you want and the letter literally said like you're moving there to get away from your problems I can see that but you are the problem you are the cause so it's not going to matter you changing thing you need to change you and she'd come back and she's like oh, I didn't fix my problems going there and he's like see because you're the cause you're still with you you're still with you um that was a big turning point for me. I remember being, I wasn't quite depressed, but I was a bit nah, down. I wasn't depressed, but it was just like, nah, nah. I remember looking outside of me a lot for the solution, always looking outside of me. And I remember being sat on the toilet one day and I was looking down at my feet and something came through me. It's just like, I've sat in so many different toilets. Like, I, like I've seen, seen so many different cubicles. And no matter where I've been, where, and at the time I was in like a really spit and sawdust gym, like real rundown, spit and sawdust, like dirty, grimy gym. I was on the toilet and it was freezing cold. And it was really, really cold. It was horrible. And I was like, I've sat in some really beautiful, like private golf clubs and like six-star hotels and lovely places. And then I've also sat like in, the, the grimy toilets in the thing and the factories that I've been like worked in when I was really young on building sites and, stuff, and then in like portaloos at like festivals or wherever fields and things like that I was like I've I've always been there for me always I've always been and that was a real I got quite emotional when I was sat I was like I've always been there I've always been there for, I've always been with me 
And while I'm looking outside of me for like pleasure or joy or happiness and whatever, ultimately it's, I'm the cause of it. And I'll always be there. Things will come and go from the outside. But I'm always going to be with me. Like, no matter where I have been or where I'm going, I've always been with me. And my body's always been there for me. Some people have come and gone as well in the past. But I've always been, my body's always been there for me. And that was a big turning point with my health. Because I think it was a point where I wasn't really taking care of my health as well. I know I was in the gym, but I'd neglected that for the business side of things, as a lot of people do. So I was really building the business then. That's what, it, that's what triggered it. It was, yeah, my body wasn't feeling great. It was like, oh, I've neglected my body, but it's always been there for me. No matter what I've done, where I've been, my body's always been there. I'm going to start treating it better. That was, that was, yeah, I remember that when I was out of shape. Have you ever had any moments like that? Any epiphanies or anything in terms of like a, a transformational moment for you? A big aha or a revelation? Hmm. I mean, I've had several, no specific ones come to mind, really. Um, although, with that being said, the, the 20 minutes of Tai Chi, I've never been able to discipline myself up until now to just do 20 minutes and just do it, regardless of if, if my consciousness got bored or whatever yeah. else. And the, the idea that I can do that mm. has been my most latest epiphany and like, right. I mean, what, what comes to mind, I don't know if uh, you had power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Love like, the power Rangers. Like literally you're in that big megazord thing and like you're in control. And like, that's just what, what comes the image that comes to my mind. You must feel, oh, hang on a minute. Whenever I've done that, I feel so, I have such a celebration at the end of it because I knew all the way through my mind was trying to get me to stop and come up with excuses and reasons why not to do it. And then at the end, once you've done it, you feel such a like, yes. Do you feel that when you've done it? Or not? Or you're like, thank fuck, that's over with. Let's um, get back to thinking. So it was a, oh, wow, cool. Mm. Um. And then what I've noticed, because what I'll do is I'll set a, a timer on my phone and the last three times, because I, and I can't remember, I got this in some meditation book. I don't remember where, uh, but go ahead and look at your timer. Like if your mind is that wound up about it, go ahead and look. And so what mm. I'll do is while I'm doing the Tai Chi, hey Siri, how much time is left on the timer? And so <laughs> don't worry about it, Siri. Um, <laughs> And so the first day, the first time I did that was at the 10 minute mark, give or take a few seconds. Yeah. Second time was at the 12 minute mark. 12 minutes in or 12 minutes to go? 12 minutes in. Okay, cool. So, yeah. so I, I thought that, but just for clarity. Right. So I'm progressing in the right direction. So yep. normally uh, what ended up happening, the reason why I did six out of eight days is once everybody's home and the family, I have a hard time dragging myself away and taking time for myself. So I ended up having to realize like, hey, you need to do this when you have alone time. And, and now that becomes a priority. Um, what was the question? I totally lost my train of thought. How do you feel once you've done it? Um, 
celebrate at the end so, of it. So, so, uh, so, like, oh, cool. so Erica was home yesterday while I was doing it and she was kind of rummaging around the house and, you know, just as long as you're not trying to get my attention, that's fine. I can still stay in my, my meditation. But literally, as I was asking, hey, Siri, how much time is left on the timer? Beep, beep, beep. So I made it all 20 minutes. And I was aware that I was like postponing and, and questioning. And I was aware yeah. that I was holding off asking because Erica was there. I don't know why, but um, but I made it all the way through. And I just found that like that was celebration. Nice. We won't get into it on this one. We won't get into it into it on this one. Have you done any introspection work on what showed up for you when Erica showed up when you were doing your thing? Have you looked at that? I have not, no. Okay, cool. Do you intend to? Uh, I had not intended to until you uh, posed the question. <laughs> so thank you and fuck you all at the same time. <laughs> no. <coughs> Shit, I killed him. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's the first time that <coughs> excuse me. That actually did not go down the right way. Hang on. No, I can tell you're hurting. I'm sorry. Substitution referee. I need to come off. <laughs> <coughs> ah. I have an uncanny knack for that. I've sent protein uh, milk through uh, my boss's nose before. That's amazing. <laughs> right. Note to self, don't uh, drink when Brian's talking. Right. That's <laughs> gone, gone everywhere. I'm soaked. <clears throat> I genuinely am. It's gone. It's... That's too did I tell you about the time I recorded a video and sneezed and my boss told me not to do that again? Yes, you did. <laughs> so unprofessional of you. <laughs> now we've just... I'm sorry for my humanness. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh, my God. For a second, I thought I was going to die. It got real cool <laughs> in there. I, I couldn't... There was a second there I thought you were going to die, too. <laughs> it was proper stuck in the lung flap thing. <laughs> it was like I knew where it was. Yeah. The lower esophageal sphincter. That's probably where it was. Right there. Yeah, yeah, right in here. The water felt like it tried to get into my lung. It's interesting how your body just won't let that happen. The body's a phenomenal thing, don't you agree? You never swam as a kid before and ended up with a bunch of chlorine water in your lungs? Mm, I don't know if it's gone all the way down into my lung. Has that happened? Can you do that? For sure. I've definitely, I, it, it hurts. Oh, okay. Maybe I just don't know how to breathe underwater. Yeah. I need to go back to fish school. Yeah. Maybe no, you don't need to do that. Leave it to the fish. Leave it to the fish. That was, a, that was um, an invention idea that I always had as a kid, like a, a scuba tank, only like a big box and four like octopus hoses off it and put it in your pool. So that you and your, Good friends couldn't uh, hang out underwater. That'd be pretty cool. Isn't that just like scuba diving kit? Well, it would be, but this would be one big box that like four people could share. And oh, okay. Yeah. So you're all breathing each other's air through this thing. 
recycling it and breathing it. Uh, no, it wouldn't be recycling it. it. You'd fill it up with oxygen, oxygen. use it up, and then you'd have to... And, and it'd go out. Uh, yeah. Have you ever scuba dove before? I've never heard that said like that before. Scuba dived? Scuba, scuba dived? Scuba. In, have, I've heard, have you been scuba diving? I've never heard, have you scuba dove? Apparently, past tense of a screenshot is a screenshot. I heard that today, <laughs> yesterday. I was like, that's amazing. I should have screenshot that. I was like, I fucking love that. Shout oh, out. I love that we can, we, we can creatively make up words and take away words like him and her and she and it. Oh, dude. Did you I, see I don't that? even want to go down this rabbit hole because it's just going to make me angry and I don't even want to go there. I have to ask if you saw that uh, pastor, was it, or preacher, whoever he was, that at the end of his service, he went, our men and our women. Did you see that? I heard about it. I did not see it, but. What is going on in your head when you need to even. And I guess I see why, but you have forgot. I read about where the word amen comes from. It comes from uh, Amun Ra. Yeah. That, that is one idea. Hmm. For it doesn't mean our men, does it? It doesn't mean our men as in men. No, no. Gen gender. It has nothing to do with men. Yeah, nothing to do with gender at all. No. And it, so this guy's got our men, our woman. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd, be, it'd be the same as somehow genderizing om. Like, it, yeah, the same as that, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, yeah, I saw okay. that. We're making up all kinds of words here. And what, what, what? They say genderizing. We're making up all kinds of words here. But that sounds like a word, genderizing. Yeah. Now, would it be a good experience or a bad experience? If you came, if like, let's say we're flatmates, right? And you come in, you go, oh man, I've just been out today and I got genderized. Would that be good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, would it be a pleasurable experience? We'd be like, oh, cool, where can I get a ticket for that? Oh, I'm going to get genderized. Or be like, oh my God, I don't ever want to get genderized. Yeah, I, I don't know. Drugs are kicking in. <laughs> Excellent. Did you see Mike Tyson on I'm Impulsive or Impulsive? Nope. Impulsive. Do you know what Impulsive is? Podcast with, uh, I want to say Logan Paul, who's calling out Conor McGregor, I think. Or one of the brothers. There's two brothers, the Paul brothers, Logan Paul and someone else. Okay. And um, they have really good guests on their podcast. And one of them's called out Floyd Mayweather and the other one's called out Conor McGregor. But the, these two podcasters have only had like one fight each, like ever. And it was against another YouTuber kind of thing. So whatever. I think I remember vaguely hearing something about that. I don't have a clue, but. Yeah, they're massive. Like Everybody wants to be a new fighter. Yeah, that's the thing. But they had Mike Tyson on the, on the podcast. Like, stop it. But yeah, all right. Um, RIP. How well it worked for him. Hey, and you see how well that worked for Kimbo Slice? Yeah, RIP that dude. Um, and they had Mike Tyson on the show, and in the first like five minutes or something, his mushroom guy walks in and hands him like Mike Tyson's fists are like buckets, right? And he literally hands him like four out four ounces, four grams of mushrooms, and Tyson's just gone. The whole handful of these mushrooms like that. 
So I, by the I, end of it, he's just broken a chicken. A one gram dose, and that's enough of a ride, especially when you're very, very unconscious and very full of fear and hate. <laughs> Oof, I can't <laughs> even imagine. Not, it, that shouldn't be allowed. That's why I stopped doing shrooms after three times. I'm like, fuck this. I do intend on doing them again in the future, but with consciousness and a shaman and oh really would you you'd go you'd go that far just to do shrooms oh absolutely i mean not, not you don't think you don't think you're prepared enough to do it on your own or conscious enough to do it on your own no no i i would absolutely want a guide that is why shaman exists okay so whether it's ayahuasca whether it's acid whether it's mushrooms whether it's mdma you know like I've fucked around with enough drugs to know that in the past, I just wanted to get fucked up and, and forget who I was. Escape. Not yeah, escape. Wanted for healing purposes and to heal, you don't do it at a music festival. You do it mm. at a shamanic retreat. I don't, don't even know what they're called, but yeah. Yeah, that is something that I would be open to doing in the future. Fair enough. Where are you on the concept of no one needs healing? Or what shows up for you when I say to you, nobody no, needs healing? I'm not familiar with that idea. So if I threw that at you, if I just said, hey, no one needs healing. In this moment right now, you have everything inside of you to be whole, complete enough if you know how to tap into that. And you don't need to do past life regression, timeline therapy, CBT, like journaling, meditation, and hallucinogenics even. What shows up for you if I say that? That has not been my experience. Cool. And that's not just personal experience, right? That's everybody that you've spoke to about the healing thing, or is it just personal experience? Yeah, that's my personal experience. Um, I think there needs to be a certain level of healing work to reach a point where you can mindfully detach from everything and become present. I don't believe you can go from completely unconscious to I don't need healing. I, I, I don't believe that that's how some work is needed, right? That's my personal present opinion. Yeah, got it. Now, with that being said, that's uh, coming from a human perspective and I think about and I, I couldn't tell you for the life of me which Paul Selig book it was but um, at a higher spiritual truth what I said may not be true mm. but just because I have not experienced it doesn't mean it's not possible so Because I heard that recently. I'm just like, I actually heard somebody say trauma doesn't exist. I don't know that I could more fully disagree with that. Right. It's stored in your fucking body. Like, 
Yes. They were saying in terms of in this present moment right now, in the in the truth of who you are in terms of your masculine and feminine energy and your higher self, as that person, image, energy, whatever it is, concept, whatever you want to call it, trauma doesn't exist there as your highest and best self. Trauma doesn't exist there. And if you're in that now, in your mind, like if you go there now, trauma doesn't exist, period. But like you've just said, it exists in the body. But, and I'm, I like to play devil's advocate with everything because I don't know, I'm still not quite, yes, this is the truth with this. I'm in neither camp, right? I'm noticing more people are challenging me and, and challenging me on, on these types of things. And it's been pretty eye-opening, frankly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. wait what are they challenging you on and what's been eye-opening so for instance i have a client who is a psychologist and we are able we both lean neither one of us are extremists but we lean probably 50 to 70 percent on either sides of the political spectrum mm -hmm. and she's a psychologist and i have done whatever healing work that i've done we are able to have conversations, disagree, which is very unique for me. Most people like, yeah, fuck you. And then the mm. relationship is gone. Um, but, you know, why do you think that? Whatever, mm. whatever it may be, you know, and, you know, good question. Like, I hadn't considered that. Here's my answer. Oh, okay, cool. And that's, that's the end of it. But that is, you know, you're kind of asking about that with the United States. And that is a rare human to be able to question without getting overly defensive. And again, for me, this is all pretty new for yeah. me to not get super overly ego sensitive and defensive and whatnot. So there's definitely a lot to be said for being open-minded and not agreeing with but allowing yourself space to see something from the other person's point of view from that like we spoke about before with the the, the picture of the six i could see it as a six you see it as a nine or right. whatever the thing is it's the it's the giving yourself time and space to go right let me imagine i am that person that's com thinking completely different to me why would they be thinking that where have they based their reasoning and you know i think that's really powerful i think we should be able to do that as adults anyway it's only kids that go oh i'm right and you're wrong and blah blah, blah. i think adults should be able to go okay i haven't considered that before right let me think about it, you know what i mean and go oh maybe i am wrong but when that came into my awareness i'm like hmm, that's very interesting the whole trauma doesn't exist and it only exists in the past and if it's existing in your body it's because of something that happened in the past that you haven't transcended let go of and released i would agree with that for sure so it's not the trauma that exists in the body it's a memory of an event that exists in the body which you could say is a trauma like matt you've been a twat here that's the word like <laughs> it's trauma if there's a memory of an event that's in the body right. it's trauma
but where I where I I definitely swim in these waters of trauma can be released very quickly, a lot quicker than what conventional medicine or science would say that trauma can get released. Yeah, yeah, I remember, and I don't remember specifically what the thing was, but I remember last year working with a therapist, and we did some EMDR work, mm. and like whatever it was, it flared up a memory. I threw a song on. I don't remember the Rise Against song. I don't remember what song it was, but like cried my fucking tears out, played it again, cried probably about half as much, played it a third time, no more tears. And I just processed all of whatever the fuck that was. That I don't even remember what it was, but you know, yeah. within 12, 12 minutes, three, four minute songs, like worked through it. Yeah, it can change a lot quicker than we think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm finding that with clients now. I don't know where I keep getting these ideas from, but like uh, yesterday I worked with a client who, one of my oldest clients, um, or longest running, I should say, um, come, has intermittent body issues every now and again, but really hurt her back and was concerned and husband was offering to give up his massage to her and whatever else and so I figure out what the issue is and basically she's herniated L5S1 and normally my first thought is all right off to the chiropractor you go yeah yeah let me try a couple of stretch here um, uh, mobilization there let's do those back and forth a few times Oh, 95% better without any mm. cracking, popping, like, cause, cause when you herniate a disc and the chiropractor moves you like, yes, you get relief, but holy fuck does that hurt at the time? Yeah. But like to be able to make that type of a change in somebody is just, it's fucking mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> mind blowing. Kind of gives me a little bit of a God complex. God, I'm not going to lie. There's nothing wrong with that because we are God. Like you are God. I am God. Everyone is because if I'm God, it's like creation, right? You're creating. And that's all we do. We literally are creating, whether it's good, bad, or anything. We're we are always the, creating. We are the micro gods within the macro God. Yeah, 100%. The waves in the ocean, but we've oh, got the same. Wow. Yeah, the, we are it. That, that's exactly it. And do you know what? That, that's happened quite a lot, actually, in with what I do with clients, they'll come up with, especially more in the latest part of, later part of my like PT days, the clients say, oh, I've got pain here and I can't do this workout today because I've got like this in my knee. And again, all of me would be just like, okay, off the physio, like you need to go and work on that and stuff. But then I started going, hang on a minute, let me just, let me just try something. And I'd, I'd press on like IT band and I'd fight like I'd know exactly, it's really weird. I was like, just lie on your side a minute, let me just, do you mind me putting a thumb on? And they're like, no, carry on. And I'm yeah, like, yes, oh. <laughs> yeah, and they're fucking jumping like, I'm like 18, 18 stone rugby players like in tears when you press on an on a, on a IT band, you know? I know. And, and, um, not to bust his balls, because I, I know we're going to have him on the podcast at some point, but my boss, he's, you know, been blown up in the military several times, has almost 50 surgeries like missing several organs, titanium ribs. Like he got fucked up in the military. Bam. Mm. And, um, you know, 
yeah, I'll I'll go and and dig in somewhere. He's a big <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. interesting, right? Yeah, but it's it's weird because that, and the reason I'm saying that is because in my head it wasn't where it didn't come from my head to touch the person in that one place and release that and then go right, stand up and try a squat now and see how your knee is, and they'd be like, oh my god, there's no pain whatsoever. It doesn't come from here, like you said, it's the god complex, but it's that it's that you said it's the feminine, or I said before about the feminine intuition. Hundred percent. It's like we always know, we, and I was like, I don't know how I do that. And then, I, like now, more with the mindset stuff with with clients and the and the energy release work and stuff, I say to them every time, I have no agenda when I come into it. I've got no notes. I've got nothing planned. There's no script of what I'm gonna, what process we're gonna go through or healing journey we're gonna go on in this call. And they always get everything they need. And they're like, Oh, have you done that exercise with someone before? And I'm like, I've never done that with anyone before. Like this morning's this morning's client, we were um, she was struggling with something. And it just came to me as like, right, her, one of her chakras is off. And I'm not big into the chakra thing. I know it exists and I know it's a thing, but I've never really gone into it and studied it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just came through me as like, right, one of her chakras is off and there's a mess going on. So I'm like, okay, close your eyes. Let's, let's do this. And I'd never done this with anybody before. And I did this whole exercise where I got her to imagine she was going into a lift and she'd press like root chakra was one of the buttons and you get out. And you see what's going on there. And she was just like, visualize. I was like, oh, no, this is fine here. And that's, that's good. I was like, okay, let's move up. And let's move up through the chakras. And like heart chakra. And she's like, oh, no, heart's beautiful. And it's working well. And the, like the crown, it's like, oh, it's amazing. But it was her. Uh, what's the one down from solar plexus? No, it was the second one. It wasn't solar plexus. It was sacrum. the sacrum. sacrum. That's it. She was like, and I was like, right, press that one. Orange, I think it is, or, or something like that. And pressed it and she got out and she was like oh my god it's such a mess down here and she like saw it she's like it's just all over the place and everything and i'm like ah there you go and she's having problems with um sexual expression intimacy and creativity and creativity that's it and um she was feeling really blocked in those areas in her life i'm like how incredible she's like oh have you done that before with that i was like no yeah not a clue to have no idea where the hell that came from but here we are don't know where it came from she's like that's perfect it's just what i needed i get to clear up and i know how to remove it and it's just like when we get out the way amazing things can happen yeah amazing things can happen that's it but it's not a not a logical thing i didn't think about having to go there i think that's where people really mess up a lot of times they try and think yeah. their way out of stuff well they start with the thinking rather than be in the space letting intuition come up and go oh try this this will be that we try and manufacture it through here right and that's one of the blessings of my superpower is that i do i feel very deeply both emotions and in the body like i can deal with ridiculous amounts of mental pain but as soon as i got physical pain that's when i act and so yeah that's a blessing and then on the other side is the the emotional pain and very oversensitive and cry way more than my ego would like to as a male yeah 21st century world but frankly i just need to come to terms with that and and learn to live with it and and love that part of myself and realize that though it has the the part that I maybe don't favor you know it, it gives me an ability to help people in ways that most people are not oh 100 percent 100 percent that's what I just said 100 percent twice damn it 
but you disagree because it's not quite 100%. I don't 100% agree with that, obviously. But I do very much agree with that, that you're only really able to help people if you can let go of thinking how to do it and trying to get to the end result and just let, right, like you said, whatever it is, God, intuition, spirit, doesn't matter, that bigger part of you that just knows, let that come through. And sometimes that can happen when we're talking about that snowballing down, just that one bit of pause, like you said, you're not in fight or flight anymore, just that pause can maybe let that idea come through. Well, and, and you you ride that snowball. So you pause, you take a breath, mm. then you take two breaths, then you take five, mm. then you do some moving meditation, then you do some Tai Chi, and now all of a sudden, yeah, I'm concerned about eating next week, but oh, wow, I have a whole week to come up with money so that that doesn't happen. And now I can think from a higher level of consciousness. So you have That's to choose your snowball. Yeah. And thoughts from higher levels of con consciousness, you're more likely to create better results. And I know that sounds like an obvious statement, but you're going to get better results in terms of, like you said, if you're really struggling with money and I think I need to scrape some money together, you're only in here. And here got you into the mess that you're in in the first place, right? So you can only think from there, the same level as your problem. But when you like stop and breathe, like you said, you're, you're open to new ways of, okay, I'll start an OnlyFans account if that's what my intuition wants me to do. <laughs> and before you know it, you're... Shaking my wee-wee on the internet. Making 50K a week. Not doing that yet? OnlyFans? The prostitute archetype in me is going, if I could make 50K a week shaking my wee-wee, I'd fucking do it. <laughs> so you know about the prostitute archetype? I am familiar. Yeah. Yeah, as in she like sells her soul for validation, approval, acceptance. That's where she comes from, rather than like Queen Og type, which just puts a value out there and it comes back. Yeah, I don't know. If we I don't know that we've talked about this. So working with my coach, who we will have on this podcast probably sooner than later, um, he's been taking me through the archetype wheel, which is Carolyn Mace's work, uh, and you basically um, use archetype. Uh, tarot cards and this wheel and you put the you pick the 12 cards and you put them in the right place and that's kind of a it is a a model to view yourself through which for me mm. it has been very enlightening there's a lot to be said about the archetypes and there's a lot i just literally downloaded the book i think it's called archetypes i think I mean, there's several books, but uh... I can't remember what the one is called. I've got. It explains a lot, like you said, it's very enlightening. Right. So, and and I'm very curious about this one. So, in mine, uh, my prostitute archetype is in the Soul Companions and Global Community House. Oh, okay. I don't even know what the hell that means, but. And then that's right across from the hermit archetype, which is in my house of creativity, joy of being, and children. So it's interesting that the prostitute and the hermit are opposed from each other. Yeah, of course, they would be the complete opposite. Does, are you made up of every archetype do you think or can you let go of one transcend it and move into another 
in your opinion? So in my opinion, archetypes are essentially a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, so Christianity would be a uni-god religion where Hindu would be a multi-god thing. So essentially archetypes are the gods and we all have each and every one of them in us. However, we typically lead with right. certain ones. So like with the, with the deck of cards, there are, if I recall correctly, there were four child archetype cards. So you have to pick which one of the child archetypes is most resonates with you. And the orphan child really resonated with me and that fucked me up. <laughs> I bet you didn't like to see that one come out. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was really fucked up. And then we did Erica's and, and she ended up with the orphan child as well. Um, and then what came up for me was just like Eminem and Kim because they were yeah. legitimate orphans yeah. or, or maybe he was not, but his mom ran brought in orphans. I can't remember exactly how that was, but you know, basically what we ended up doing was, you know, here to here to honor each other's orphan child. Mm. And it was interesting because there was def when I said it, there was definitely like there was some sensation going on in my heart and like Erica softened into a young child and that was it was very sweet to see because i don't get to see that too terribly often mm. interesting how just having a a reading of something like reading something and then you just your physiology completely shifts When you when you begin to understand yourself, you begin to find compassion for yourself. Know thyself. The only thing we should, I think, the, the only work that needs to be doing, needs to be done. Know thyself and treat others the way you want to be treated. Or I think you would if you. Yeah, I think you would. I think if you knew thyself, if you knew yourself, you would automatically treat others that way anyway because yourself is the highest best self like you say we're gods right. we are love we are light we're um enlightenment that's essentially who we are all we're trying to do is get back home right yeah what's the book or the phrase we're we're all just leading each other home where did i hear that somewhere something like that yeah there's we're a there's each a other home or something that's all we're doing. We're triggering each other home. <laughs> this is probably what's going on most at the moment. Well, fuck with each other till we die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's my here's my vows. <laughs> fuck with each other until we die. We'll fuck with like, you until we die. <laughs> what they do in is it hedonism? Hedonism? How do you say that word? Hedonism in like Jamaica and stuff. Hedonism. They fuck with each other. That was a little different than I was going, but yeah. <laughs> That's where my went my mind went. Yeah, no, I, I think I think I'm hedonistic on some scale somewhere. I did some kind of test on oh, the oh. internet like personality thing.
And I'm like, that resonates. When I read that, I'm like, that definitely resonates. But know thyself, it's so important. It explains so much when you know yourself and you understand yourself. Ah, oh, that's why I do that. That's why I do this. And then like you said, you can consciously, I believe, you can consciously choose whether you want to keep that personality trait, archetype, whatever it is, or if you want to transcend it and do the work to gift it, I think. I don't think it's set. I don't think it's set. What do you think? No, I would say that everything can and should be transcended. It's all transcendable. Is that a word? Or have I just it's made now. another one up? It is now transcendable. We are getting we are getting rid of the Brian and Matt show and bringing you the we just make shit up podcast. We make shit up. <laughs> we make up words podcast. Backed by factual opinions. Yes. My go-to tension breaker is something, if it's me, so there's something wrong with us is typically my tension breaker for something like that. And that doesn't serve me very well anymore. What do you mean? Well, just, you know, we just kind of said something kind of dumb and all right well let's uh let's break that tension of that was a really dumb joke and let me just say that i'm dumb oh i see what you mean so we won't go into it on this call but what we probably are gonna go no we, i don't know well, we're just about out of time we're at an hour and 45 minutes so okay sit with what the part of you that feels like it needs to break the tension Yeah. Yep. I know you're good at sitting in the tension. Yeah, that was our first call. One of them for sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, kind of funny. We wrap it up. One thing I can say is I've been doing online personal training since 2015. Thank you, Matt. You, you, oh. you were helping me out not knowing that there was going to be a pandemic five years down the road. <laughs> hey, universe has always got your back. <laughs> Sent some British dude your way. Right. Plus, and now we're here. And now we're here. You know what we got to do? We got to go play around at St. Andrews. 100%. Stop it! About 65% of me only said it to get that reaction. <laughs> we definitely do need to go, although it's not the most exciting course. I've never played. I've been up there. I've looked around it and um, I know a lot of people that play or have played it. And it's not the, it's just because it's steeped in history. It's like, oh. My God, yeah, it, it is. It's the history of golf. Yeah, of course. It's the start. But I think I'd, like, I'd rather go to Augusta. Get me around around there. Augusta's not easy to get around on. I assume no, I assume not. St. Andrews is still public or Yeah, I think it's easy. Yeah, I think you can get on. It's a pay and play. You can there's a bit of a waiting list. I'm not sure where we're at with it now, but 
Um, well, yeah, how long waiting was now? <laughs> next session, next podcast, we need to talk pandemic and vaccines. We need to talk real relevant stuff on the next one. We need to get into all of that. Fair enough. That's where I feel I we we need to share all of our opinionated facts about <laughs> pandemics and vaccines. I think we're both going to have slightly different views on it, which I think will make for interesting Absolutely. watching, listening. Um, yeah. Absolutely. You down for that? Let's do it. There's a part of me then, not 100% on board, but let's, yeah. <laughs> let's just do it anyway. And then we will get into like your backstory, my backstory. We've got those shows coming up as well. We've got uh, guests um, energetically lined up, mentally lined up. Yep. They, that will be definitely happening. Yet, but it's coming. Be happening. And then next one, if it feels right, if it happens, will be on vaccine pandemic. If it feels right to do that. Absolutely. We'll see. We will see. Any closing statements on anything that we've discussed today? Please consult your doctor after listening to this podcast. Oh, boom. Dude, we need that in the description as a legal disclaimer thing. Yeah, don't listen to anything we fucking say. Don't follow any of our advice. Please seek professional help for anything that's going on. So just so you're aware, I, I collect money for my services, and I believe you do too. So that makes us professionals, just to be clear. Oh, man, I love that. Stepping into that, owning it. I like it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Just based on my uh webster's uh, dictionary definition of professional <laughs> i'm gonna lose it and using it in the loosest term loosest yeah. way possible after i threw half of my bottle of water all over me earlier right. courtesy of bmc oh beautiful all right my friend take it easy you as well we will talk Speak to you soon we will